You know how in college, or when you're just dirt poor, you come to enjoy certain shit foods. Microwave burritos, cheap frozen pizza, I figured it's the same principle long haul drivers and truck stops. I'd only been on the road for two years before, and I had only been on it for another three after, but I had grown a taste for greasy sausage and bad coffee. This time, I couldn't enjoy the crappy meal on account of a man sitting two booths over. His appearance and clothes were normal enough, if a bit underdressed for the Colorado winter. I think it was the way that he stared, scanning the room like a damn terminator, and that creeped me out. All he had in front of him was an untouched cup of decaf. I usually savor these little breaks, but this time I hurried to finish. Partially to beat the weather, and partially to get out from under those eyes. Before the waitress came with my check, the man took a seat in the booth across from me without asking. You a trucker? He had one of those accents that was impossible to place. Yeah. Would you allow me to ride with you? He said with an off-putting smile. What, to anywhere? You some sort of drifter? I have been for some time, but I'm heading home now, and I haven't been home in so long. Shit, you don't even know where I'm going. He blinked at that, the first time I seen the gesture from him. Then his smile widened. Oh, going over Vale Pass? Um, yeah, to Junction. And then? Salt Lake City. I knew this wasn't the 60s and big rigs weren't getting held up by the mob anymore. Even still, I figured if he asked me where I was headed next, I'd lie. You're definitely going where I need to go. I very much appreciate the lift. I'd like to help, that was a lie, but I'm not really supposed to pick up any hitchhikers. Company vehicle, see? I'm not sure how long the waitress had been there, but enough I suppose, cause she leaned over and whispered, Please take him out of here. I'll comp your meal. He's been here all day eyeing me funny. Please. Never have I learned to say no to a woman, so I sighed and told the stranger to follow me. What's your name? I asked as he took a seat. He shifted his weight and said, We don't need to know each other's names. Then added, Call me whatever you like. Fine by me, I said, not curious a bit about his name or story. I added a piece of jerky on the dash. How about Jim? If you like. Sorry, I said after a few chilly minutes of uncomfortable silence. The heater doesn't work all that great. It'll be nice to get home. He said, it's so much warmer than here. About that time, the snow started coming down real thick and I cut my speed in half. Another rig, thick with chains on the tires, was tearing down the mountain, clearly none too happy to be stuck behind me. I took the next pull off and the driver flashes hazards and thanks. What are we doing? Asked Jim after the familiar hiss of the air brakes quieted. Checking the weather report, strapping up the wheels maybe. Hmm, said Jim, his smile gone and brow creased. Then he nodded. All right, I suppose that would be fine. I hadn't asked his opinion, but whatever. My phone was lucky to get any service, but I got my answers. Snow was expected to come in waves for several more hours. On this mountain, weather like that had been the end for more than one long hauler. I wasn't desperate enough for cash to risk it. I hate to do this to you, Jim, but we're stuck here. I said sincere. 
four or five hours parked with my new friend did not sound fun. We don't look stuck. I just mean that it won't be safe to keep driving. I'll, I'll help you put your chains on, Jim said, his smile back. Nah, sorry, I don't push it going downhill on a snowy mountain, but I need to get home. It's just a few hours. He shook his head, empty smile once again vanished. You don't understand. If we don't go now, I won't make it home until who knows when. It's a place, man. It isn't going anywhere. Jim paused. Yes, it isn't going anywhere. At least we agreed. His eyes followed a van with drivers apparently braver than myself. You wishing you hitched a ride with him? And he squinted, almost like he was trying to read the license plate. No, they aren't going where I'm going. That's too bad, but I'll still be headed to your home after the weather clears. No, you won't. I shivered, and I don't think it was because of the cold. Don't you have a job to do? said Jim. I started to get angry, or maybe I was afraid, but I was shaking either way. Look, I can handle my own business, Jim. Nothing in the trailer is perishable. If I'm late, I'm late. No, he shouted. And I swear at that moment, his face barely looked human. I insist you drive now. All right, that's enough, I said, hand ready to dart to the glove box where I kept my magnum. But I swear Jim's eyes bore right through that plastic and he knew I was packing. Okay? My voice cracked. I don't like doing this, but you're freaking me out. I need you to leave, now. My eyes not leaving my passengers, my right hand still ready to grab the gun. I used my left to fish around the bag, a bottle of water, my spare coat, and a few sticks of jerky. I tossed it all on Jim's lap. The diner's only a couple miles back, just stay off to the shoulder and you'll be fine. He just stared, motionless. I almost wish he exploded again. This is my truck. I'm telling you to leave. I don't need these, he said, dropping the coat in the bag, but taking the jerky from the dash. He didn't seem angry anymore. Sad, maybe. And then he hopped out. Wait, it's 10 degrees. Grabbing the gun and the coat, I darted outside, wincing at the wind. There was no sign of Jim, and his track stopped after 10 feet or so. I considered calling out but I guess I was too relieved. Maybe that makes me a shit person, I don't know, but I got back into the cab, locked both doors, kept my revolver handy, and didn't sleep a week until Grand Junction, 10 hours later. Now, I'm sure that he was just some lunatic I picked up at a diner. I know that, but sometimes, on a snowy March night, can't help but wonder. Sometimes I wonder.